Okay. This is Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bets Pod on X, Reddit, and Threads. Subscribe to Tasty Bets Pod on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to partake. I am your host, Dieter DeSuspitus, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Grant Engel. What is up, man? Doing great. Uh, even though the smell of graphite and fresh notebook paper is starting to fade from the air <laughs> around us, the college football season is still fresh, and we're in prime money-making season, my man. <laughs> yeah, if you listen closely, you can hear the sound of a trapper keeper <laughs> opening and closing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We are recording this Wednesday night, so plenty of time to watch, listen, and get your picks in before this weekend's action. Before we hit the stats, quick reminder to please always bet responsibly. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Last weekend, betting college football, your boys finished up one and a half units. Let's fucking go. Which included a clean sweep that you called out, the Miami Hurricanes, plus four and a half against the Aggies, which I also co-signed. And then I cranked it up a notch, turning that one into a halfy half grabbing the Canes money line at a cool plus 168. <laughs> it's almost as if it's a Canes thing. Goddamn right. Great weekend for your boys. You can always check the Tasty Stats Google Doc if you want more details on how we did. Lots of tasty college football action to talk about this week. So I don't know. Where do you want to get started? Well, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but because I've already been uh, kind of low on uh, my Ohio State Buckeyes, but let's take a look at them. They are playing the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Incidentally, one of my absolute favorite name, mascot, logo combinations in the entire NCAA. I think their mascot is like this large red blob, which I guess is a hill, I would suppose is what it is. But uh, the over-under for that game is uh, 64 and a half. And I got to tell you, Mm. as much as I say I I don't like taking unders because I like to root for scoring, I'm having a hard time seeing how this one goes over uh, 64 and a half. So I am going to be personally betting under 64 and a half. I like it. Why am I doing this? Now, the Hilltoppers have played a pretty entertaining brand of football, offensive football, for the last few years. And despite that uh, offensive prowess and creativity, I got to say, the Buckeyes are just going to have more athletes on the defensive side of the ball. Western Kentucky scored 41 points against uh, the University of Southern Florida, USF, in their opener, and they scored a robust 52 points, uh, but that was against Mm. Houston Baptist. Uh, Is that a hospital? (laughs) It may be. So I got to say, I have a hunch that Ohio State University has slightly better defensive players uh, on that side. And so even if WKU kind of goes into this game, which is in Columbus, by the way, they might try some trickery, they might try some unique plays, or they might try to play with a lot of pace. Uh, to try to catch the Buckeyes off guard, I think there's a huge potential that that could backfire uh, and lead to some turnovers and kind of lead to the ball going the other way. Secondly, even if they do commit those turnovers, the Buckeyes right now are far from an offensive juggernaut. I mentioned it a couple episodes on this podcast. Ohio State managed 23 points against the lowly Indiana Hoosiers uh, in week one, and they followed that up by scoring... 35 points, which some people might say 35 points, that's five touchdowns. That's not too bad. Let's just keep in mind that was against the Youngstown State Penguins in Columbus. (laughs) So color me not impressed. Hmm, That is absolutely fair. I went back and looked at OSU's regular season games last year. So the game totals 
for all of their regular season games averaged 63.3 points per game last year. Yeah. That's just a hair under the 64.5 total for this game. Now, in two games this season, their games are averaging 38 points total. Mm-hmm. A far cry from that 63.3. So if you're out here thinking that, you know, their offense ain't what it was in previous years. I mean, I think under 64 and a half is just an absolute tremendous find. I appreciate it. And I think you raised a good point pointing out last year, considering those games averaged a total of 63.3 points per game. And they had the number two pick in the draft playing quarterback for them. Mm. And let me tell you, I don't like to like blast college kids, like to really like shit on them or whatever. Cause you know, you're a college kid at that point, but I do not believe that the Buckeyes quarterback is quite as good as C.J. Stroud. So I will I will leave it at that. I think there are a lot of paths here. I mean, even if you think about last week against Youngstown State, Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think is pretty close to the consensus best wide receiver in college football this season, he was running oh, yeah. wide open against YSU. And he amassed seven catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. And that was the that was his production for the game. And the Buckeyes still only scored thirty five points. So I just think that you know even if Western Kentucky says okay we got to air it out we got to try to run pace I think then the Buckeyes are going to just matriculate the ball down the field. Like if you think about it, if the Buckeyes score forty, Western Kentucky has to score twenty four to even get us close to the over. Yeah, I just don't see a path to to that happening. I mean, neither of those might happen. You know, we might not get the Buckeyes to get to 40. We might not have the Hilltoppers get to 24, 25. So I think this is a really sharp pick. I I, I like it. Let's switch gears here. My first pick on the college football board, the Duke Blue Devils. What a world. They're good at football. I love it. So they get the big 28-7 win over Clemson. They follow that up with a 42-7 win over Lafayette. Northwestern, on the other hand, lost 24-7. To Rutgers in their opener. Good Lord. Somewhat of a bounce back game against UTEP 38-7 win for the Wildcats. But, you know, they went 1-11 last season, 1-8 in the Big Ten. And they're currently the longest odds to win the Big Ten championship, along with Indiana, at 500-1. to Nice. So I think that's kind of all you need to know about maybe what, what the expectations are for this Northwestern team. On the other side, Duke has the fifth best odds to win the ACC out of 14 teams. Not terrible. At 14 to 1. They're in the mix there. And I think Duke's essentially just a really good team. So next week, the Blue Devils have got UConn, which is the matchup before their big one against Notre Dame. So you can't even really consider this game against Northwestern as a trap game because it's like it's the game before the game. Yeah. Big spread, but I don't know. I like the Dukies here, minus 18 and a half to treat Northwestern like a sparring partner. What do you think about Duke? I think this is interesting, man. I, I think one universal truth since I have enjoyed a save a couple years uh, since I've been watching college football for roughly like 32 years. Northwestern is awful to watch and they do not deserve nice things. That has been my general takeaway. <laughs> they managed that that game against Rutgers. They managed 200, somewhere around 200 yards of total offense versus Rutgers. Rutgers, man. And so even in their convincing win against UTEP, The University of Texas, El Paso, not exactly a juggernaut. (laughs) Northwestern put together a sleep-inducing 184 yards rushing and 207 yards passing. Just a nice, even spread among both. Nobody get too high. Nobody get too low. Nobody get too interested in that football game. So I think you're right. I think Duke is a real team. I mean, obviously, 
uh, you beat the brakes off Clemson. It was close, and then they kind of started to kind of run away with it. I look forward to you winning this bet. I am too much of a coward to lay 18 with Duke, but I love where your head's at here. And man, Northwestern is bad. So I might I might come charging in on Twitter, depending on what happens. But mm. right now, right now I'm going to lay off, but I, I think you're on to something here. And I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. I'm going to be honest. I couldn't really fuck with college football for a lot of years. Yeah. You know, once I kind of caught a whiff of like, you know, this enterprise is making a lot of money and these kids can't even fucking do a McDonald's commercial that has nothing to do with their school. They can't they, you they can't be out here making a dollar. Yeah. Like that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Since NIL, that really kind of turned it around a little bit for me because yeah. it's like, all right, you know, now these these kids can do something with their life, you know, and the reality is a lot of them will not go pro. So this might be the only chance they have to monetize essentially their skill, what they've been working hard at for a long time. You know, I played, you know, a little bit of high school football in South Florida at a high level, you know, where pretty much every high school had a guy go pro at least one or two, you know, played against some real NFL legends, you know, in my high school days. And it was, I don't know, it's hard out here for (laughs) for, for these kids playing sports. I mean, like you can just see that, you know, a lot of them, this is their opportunity. Mm -hmm. The professional route is, it's not quite a pipe dream. You know, especially for, you know, I think growing up and playing in South Florida, like it was a real chance for a lot of guys, you know, and a lot of guys did end up making it, which is pretty awesome to see. But, you know, there's always those stories where that's the end of the road for them, you know, and if they have a chance to make a couple bucks and get some experience, like, you know, in the business game and like connecting with brands and doing shit and like, you know, maybe finding some other opportunities, you know, I'm 100% all for that. So that really kind of turned me around a little bit. The second peek behind the curtain. I think I'm going to be the ACC guy this year. I love it. You know, I'm, I'm going to be watching my Canes. I've got Duke here. I've got another ACC pick coming down the pike. So I think I'm going to keep it confined, you know, and, and I'll, I'll be following like the Big Ten through you. Obviously, the SEC will be keeping an eye on that just because um, of the reputation and like, you know, the top end talent that's that's in that conference. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll have a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff covered. You know, I've got one eye on Colorado as well, you know fourth best team in the nation. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm what I'm cooking up for for this season. So definitely stick around. I love it. I welcome you being the uh, ACC guy. And I know even as a guy who likes the Buckeyes, I cannot think of really, I mean, Indiana fans are fine. I, I have found on Twitter, they seem to be fine. Most other Big Ten fans, not a fan. I don't want to identify with them. And I think you're right about the <laughs> SEC. There's this tricky thing about the SEC where I always watch their games uh, they just happen to have all the best teams. So uh, I think that is uh, what I enjoy watching about those, those <laughs> games. Best teams and uh, players not so bad either. Yes. Speaking of the SEC. So uh, Mississippi State plus nine and a half versus LSU mm. in Starkville, a.k.a. Stark Vegas. Let's go. The cowbells <laughs> are going to be fucking clanging. Mark Alba. <laughs> damn, damn right. They're... Uh, their fans, let's just say they're going to be uh, well lubricated, if you will. I think LSU is trying to find their equilibrium. They got mm. waxed by FSU for everybody to see in a neutral site game on Labor Day. A truly bitter pill for them to swallow after being like a really mm-hmm. trendy pick to kind of return as their traditional SEC power. And as he does, LSU's head coach, Brian Kelly aptly nicknamed, quote, Coach Not My Fault by one uh, Bo- <laughs> Bomani Jones, one of my favorite nicknames for anybody. <laughs> Brian Kelly goes into that press conference after the uh, Florida State loss and says, quote, congratulations to Florida State. Tonight they were the better football team. We certainly are not the football team that I thought we were. 
And we've got to do a much better job, obviously, in developing our football team. We clearly were short in a lot of areas tonight, and that falls on me to get our football team to be better in most of the competitive areas that you saw tonight, end quote. Now, I do realize that he throws in those last couple lines of, we've got to do a better job developing our football team. But this dude has such an extensive history, dating back to his time at Notre Dame, of his little pot shots that he takes at these teenagers, largely, of, of why they fucked over his brilliant game plan. That I just find that those type of comments always come off as pretty hollow as he tries to kind of fake his way to some accountability. But that aside... After that embarrassing loss, they get to beat up on Grambling State, uh, which is typically an unfair game in terms of talent on the field, but which I think mm -hmm. it, you raised a great point about NIL. I want every Grambling State player to rack up as much cash as they possibly can in these NIL deals. But now, again, you're LSU, so you have this huge loss, this very disappointing loss, and it, you didn't look even that competitive in it. And then you have a game that you had to win 72 to 10 or else everybody's going to say, holy shit, this season's on its way to a huge disaster. And now you have to come and play an SEC rival who is just going to be ready to beat your ass like and not even like beat you in terms of the score. They're just going to hit the shit out of you because that's how they, that's how they play football. I love their explosive running back, uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, uh, Joe Quavius Marks. He goes by Woody Marks. He just causes havoc with a really physical style of running. I think he's like 5'10", 209 pounds. He's a fucking bowling ball hmm. out there. He's fast as hell. He has nearly 350 yards of offense in uh, the Bulldogs' first two games, and he has three, three touchdowns as well. So give me those Bulldogs and their absolutely insane boat shoe wearing cowbell clanging fans to <laughs> keep this game close and uh, cover the nine and a half. It's always a coach like Brian Kelly that gets his comeuppance in this kind of game. Yep. You know, like where, you know, the, you know, coming off a good win and like, you know, I'm sure after last week, he's like, yeah, well, we developed them much better this week, you know, and like, <laughs> now, you know, and now it's like, I can't wait to see like a super physical matchup here. Looking at these two teams, you know, kind of having squared off, you know, over the last few years, this was a 15 point game last year in Baton Rouge. The Tigers won 31-16. Now, rewinding back to 2021, uh, the last time they played in Starkville, this was just a three-point win for LSU, 28-25. to 25. Yep. Going back one more season, their 2020 matchup, the Bulldogs went to Tiger Stadium and won 44-34. So there you go. Yep. So I think these are two teams that always play each other tough. LSU kind of riding a bounce-back win, if you can kind of call it that, kicking off their SEC season with a tough road game, nine and a half points to cover. I mean, I don't know. I can see Mississippi State really, really pushing them. Um, so I definitely like this pick. Nice. We've got one more to cover. I told you I was going to be the ACC guy, and um, I just couldn't let this one pass. You know, you mentioned not being a, a big fan of the other the other big tenors out there, so maybe maybe I can kind of rope you into this one. The Syracuse Orange visiting the Purdue Boilermakers. Oh. Purdue is sitting at one and one. We don't even have to watch this, so don't worry. Okay. Purdue is sitting at one and one, having squeaked by Virginia Tech twenty four seventeen in Blacksburg, who looks terrible. And this was after losing to Fresno State at home, thirty nine thirty five in Week One. In a game that wasn't even really that close. Yep. I mean, Fresno was the better team pretty much from the jump. Purdue had a couple fluky plays that, that kind of really kept them in it. They were outgained, Purdue was, by 120 plus yards. And they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter to lose at home. 
in a game that, like I said, they were absolutely second best. The Boilermakers have given up 56 points over their first two games. Syracuse, against not the toughest competition, has given up seven points in two games. That has come against Colgate and Western Michigan. Okay. That kind of results in uh, them you know, sitting currently with the third-ranked offense in all college football, averaging <laughs> yes. 586 yards per game. I think those numbers will kind of uh, trickle down after this week. I think Syracuse, in a similar position to Duke, where they've got a winnable game next week, a matchup with a one-in-one Army team who just lost to Louisiana Monroe, before they have three straight monster matchups against Clemson, at UNC, and at Florida State. So this is very much the soft part of the Syracuse schedule. They get a chance to go 3-0 and here. You can get Syracuse minus 2.5 to get past Purdue. I like that pick. I think they're the better team. This is sort of one of those where, you know, they might be doing the math, like the, the bowl game math, and it's like, all right, well, you know, we need this one because things, things are going to get real, real tricky pretty soon here. And, you know, Syracuse just has that, that tendency to kind of like, you know, ride the roller coaster in all different directions. So I think they treat this one almost as a must-win game. I can definitely see that. Like, So, okay, yeah, you go into Purdue. Purdue's awful. If you can squeak out the win here, then you play Army, and that's that's just a crapshoot for every kind of, like, smaller mm. FBS team where, okay, Army's going to run the triple option. They're going to be super annoying. You have to prepare for it all week, all that stuff. So if you could be if you could be a 4-0 and Syracuse team, and then uh, you're yeah. go you're likely going zero and three against Clemson, UNC, and Florida State. That's where you <laughs> that's where you get to that bowl game math though. It's like okay, well, who else in the ACC might we be able to beat? Let me just give you credit for this. There is a wonderful college football Twitter account uh, called uh, the Sickos Committee, uh, and they just watch just the <laughs> worst, ugliest college football games you could fucking imagine. And I got to tell you, bud, I haven't looked at the account today, but I got to think that they're going to be locked into this one. So I am glad that you pointed out that we don't have to watch this one because why would we do that to ourselves? We don't have to watch it at all. Oh, my God. Syracuse Syracuse versus Purdue and then Syracuse versus Army, which Army and Purdue, very similar colors, very similar uniforms, (laughs) both similarly ugly football, even if Purdue – Purdue should probably consider the triple option uh, for how dog shit they've been for so long. But I do not want to ignore this point, which I believe, whether it is consciously or subconsciously, why you are making this bet on the Syracuse Orange. And that would be Syracuse head coach Dino Babers, the former Bowling Green head coach. Uh, he's, he's been the head coach over there in uh, Western New York for the Orange for nearly a decade. He's had a few. He's put together a few good years over there. And I personally have a policy to root for all dudes named Dino. And I have a few pals who I met uh, during an internship uh, in my days in journalism school who are part of Syracuse's incredible journalism program. So sign me up, buddy. You found a soft spot. I'll I'll co-sign this one. I'll put a half unit on Syracuse minus two and a half at Purdue. I don't know. You know, sure. Why not? Purdue stinks. Uh, Let's fucking go. Full disclosure, I did not know the Syracuse head coach name was Why Dino Babers. That's a great point, but that's really the stars aligning for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if we've if we've got a chance to kind of throw some money behind another Dino, I don't know how we say no to that. Hell yeah, I appreciate the half unit cosign. Let's fucking go. I think we're 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 really kind of warming up here to this college football season. With that said, let's hit the college football recap. So, you are taking the Ohio State Buckeyes 
and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers to go under 64 and a half. Wonderful pick. That's a full unit for you. I am taking the Duke Blue Devils. I can't believe I'm doing this. Minus 18 and a half to handle the Northwestern Wildcats. You are taking the Mississippi State Bulldogs to cover plus nine and a half at home against a little bit of a wobbly LSU team. I love this pick in spirit. I'll be rooting for this one hard. So for all the time that I'm not going to spend watching Syracuse and Purdue, I will absolutely be watching this Mississippi State LSU game. So this one's going to be a fun one to watch. So let's fucking go. And to close things out, I am taking Syracuse minus two and a half and my guy Dino Babers to get past Purdue. Full unit for me. Half unit co-sign from you. Let's fucking go. Go Orangeman. No, you nailed it, buddy. No, man, it's the orange. You can't say Orangeman anymore. Oh, okay. Yes, let's go orange. <laughs> I mean, in yeah, okay. I mean, in that case, I thought in that case, I thought the Orangeman was fine. Yeah, I don't know. 2023, it's weird. But here we are. It's fair. <laughs> I was like, it's only men playing, right? I guess there could be some. Yeah, sure. Who knows? No, that's a good call. Yeah. You know, the, the internet gets angry, so we got to we, we gotta look out for my guys. Yeah. Let's just petition them to change it to the Syracuse Dino Babers. <laughs> I think we can all we can all kind of get behind that. I think we did it. This has been another episode of Tasty Bets Pod. Follow at Tasty Bets Pod on X, Reddit, and Threads. Subscribe to Tasty Bets Pod. Let's fucking go. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to watch or listen. And remember to always... Always, always bet responsibly. Big thank you to my co-host. Best of luck to you this weekend. Good luck to you as well. And to any of our listeners or viewers who are still in college, here's a couple couple pointers. Show up to your classes on time. Find a reason every now and then to chat with your professor after class. Oh, I thought you raised an interesting Mm. point on this. Oh, I got a question about this. It goes a fucking long way. Stay hydrated and heed Ardino's advice to always bet responsibly. Wonderful wisdom from my guy. Love it. All right, buddy. Good luck to you. To you as well.